Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we are asking the question, to refi or not to refi? To refi or to not refi, that is the question. <laughs> I, I also had a, a Hamlet-esque skull in my hand when I yeah. asked that and a, a candle that was no longer lit in your other hand. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Man, I saw a recent report that on average for folks who can refinance their home, that each individual could save about $270 a month, totaling $1.6 billion, which is a huge amount of money. So we're going to talk about if you should be refinancing your home, and we're going to talk about how to do that on this episode. Yeah, and there are some good rules of thumb, I think, that we'll be able to offer folks, but but it's also very specific, and we're going to get into some of those specifics. But like you said, Matt, a lot of people could save a lot of money, and a lot of people either have heard or seen an article refinancing, like everyone's doing it right now. And yes, you should feel the peer pressure to at least consider it. Even if you don't have a home, consider refinancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to sell you that hard. No, but refinancing is a good idea for a lot of folks. And if you're one of those folks that can save a ton of money every month by, by doing a refi, I mean, that's big news. 
Sure is, man. But uh, before we kick things off, I wanted to talk about going green or that zero waste lifestyle that you might see kind of cropping up here and there. I'd say what you do one search for anything now on the internet. And then before you know it, you're getting fed all these different ads, specifically for me, Instagram. Anytime I Google anything, three seconds later, there's an ad for that very thing or a competing company popping up in my Instagram feed. And it is crazy. So evidently, I searched something that made the algorithms think that I want to spend a bunch of money on these zero waste products because I'm getting fed things like these uh, beeswax wraps. Have you seen these? No, I'm not. They're, I mean, it's cloth and it's like infused with wax. And instead of uh, using Tupperware, like you use that. You go to the butcher and you put your raw meat in this fabric and you take it home. And then you wash it when you take the meat out of it, like that kind of stuff. Okay. I, see, I actually just reuse plastic Ziploc bags. Yes. Well, that's, I think that's the real answer. That's why I want to talk about this is because so much of those products, it's just marketing and it's consumption driven. It's, it's so ironic that we're being fed these advertisements to buy these things that will miraculously allow us to become less wasteful when in fact, that's sort of the epitome of waste, right? Purchasing something that you don't really need because you already have some products that can actually provide that utility that you are truly needing. And I'm not saying that I'm immune to this either, right? Like I get sucked into the advertisements. Like I see the cool stainless steel straw, the drinking straw, and I kind of want that because I see it, it looks awesome. It looks like something I could keep in my pocket and I like putting cool metallic things in my pocket, you know, <laughs> like one of those, I might be turning into one of those everyday carry guys. You know, I got like my little pocket knife, like what else can I fit in my pockets that, I'm, that might come in handy? Well, if you get some cargo shorts, then you can fit even more. <laughs> or a cargo kilt. <laughs> but I think a good challenge is to, instead of looking at the different products out there that will allow us to become something that we aspire to be, in this case, like look at our actual waste, like look in the trash can, what's going in the trash. And by identifying those things, I think we can find ways that would allow us to become less wasteful. And not to mention on top of that, the things I think that oftentimes have a lot of packaging tend to cost more because they're the sort of like one-time use things or they're the convenience foods or products. And in reality, we could probably do with less of those products altogether. Yeah, Matt, and we talked with someone who's kind of an expert in this field back in episode number 72. We brought Katie Walk Stanley on and she goes by the moniker on the internet, the non-consumer advocate. And the title of that episode was Stop Buying New Stuff. And Katie is, is concerned with how we treat the earth and the things we waste and the money that we waste at the same time. And I think she would completely agree that buying new things in an attempt at becoming greener is just not the way to go about it. Really, the clutch move, the biggest thing that we could all do as human beings is to stop buying new stuff and focus instead on filling our homes, our apartments, wherever we live with used items, whether that's clothing, furniture, the car we drive. If we can prioritize buying used and holding onto those things longer, that's the biggest dent we can make in a culture that attempts to spur us on towards more and more consumption. And so, yeah, I agree. Don't buy into the advertisements. Don't think that you're becoming more green by buying more things, shifting our mindset of what it takes to be a greener individual in this society. I mean, that's, that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true, man. That's, that's a great challenge for us. Something that we can implement in our lives. I guess, you know, you just see so many things in our world that oftentimes seem silly. And sometimes when you actually see it for what it is, it can kind of be jarring almost, right? Like I'm thinking specifically too of like the fancy water bottles. I'm not going to name any of the name brand ones out there, but they're really expensive, like the insulated, you know, bigger water bottles. And again, there's nothing wrong with getting one of those water bottles if you're going to use it. And so literally there's a hole in it, right? But if you're getting one of those because you don't want your plastic bottles to end up in a landfill, but in reality, you're buying a new one of those water bottles maybe every six months, right? You're, like you're getting the new latest and greatest color or there's a new model that actually does this. 
I think it's just important for us to realize that we're being marketed to and that we're being sold these products that are A, not making us any happier, B, that they're costing us a lot of money, and, and C, in reality, they may not be helping with waste and pollution. Yeah, as you brought this up, it, it kind of made me think about energy efficiency too. And so let's say new TVs or new refrigerators use a whole lot less energy than their predecessors of 10 years ago. That's great. And if you're one of those folks that needs a new refrigerator soon or a new TV, that's going to save you every month on your energy bills. But just because that new TV uses 50% less energy than the one you currently have, that certainly doesn't mean you should go to your local Best Buy or go to Amazon, whatever, and buy a new TV right now. That's just faulty logic. And I think the same thing is true for the kind of the green product movement. Some of those things can potentially be helpful. So yeah, just like you wouldn't buy a $500 new TV to save $8 a year in electricity, you also shouldn't assume that buying products that are marketed as green and great for the earth are instantly helping you to waste less. Yeah, and Joel, all that to say, I mean, we're not against products that are better for the earth, right? Like we love the earth. We like there to be less waste in the world, but we just want you to be to be smart about it. And to take it back to our friend Katie, she has her motto or her slogan, which is use it up, wear it out, make it do or do without. Make sure to keep that in mind. Cool, Matt. All right, let's mention the beer that we're having on the show today. We're drinking Old Tuffy, and it's brewed by New Belgium Brewing out of Colorado. This is a lager beer sent to us by listener Maggie. So Maggie, thanks for sending this one our way. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning, Joel, you said Old Tuffy. This is the mascot for NC State. And she certainly picked a beer that she has a vested interest with because she is actually a professor there at NC State. So I just wanted to mention that you and I have no collegiate ties necessarily to NC State. And we're sure as not going to let this beer go to waste. And we're going to enjoy this one and share our thoughts at the end of the episode. Yeah, I have a feeling, though, that they're going to contact us pretty shortly for honorary doctorates or something like that. <laughs> so then we will have ties to the institution. How do you even get one of those, an honorary degree? Do you have to be invited to, to give the speech at the, at the end of the year, the commencement end of the year sort of speech there at graduation? You know, I don't know how you do it. I assume it's similar to the way you get knighted in England. And it's just kind of one of those rare things that happen. But the fact that we feature their beer on our show, I mean, they're totally going to do it for us, I think. Dr. Matt has a nice ring to it. <laughs> Dr. Joel, great to see you today. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, let's get on to the topic at hand. Today, we're asking the question, to refi or not to refi? And basically, we're in a refinance boom right now. Taking advantage of a refi on your house can lower your interest rate and lower your monthly payments. But there are also costs involved in refinancing that can make it prohibitive. And not everyone is a good candidate to refinance. So is it the right move for you? Well, Matt and I, we're going to discuss what you need to consider and how to make sure you're refinancing effectively if you decide to go through with it. Yeah, John, to quickly sort of lay the groundwork, right, as to what a refinance is, essentially you're finding a new lender and that new lender, once you move forward with them, they are going to pay off your current loan and then you have a new loan with that new lender and your payments go to them. Hopefully you have a lower interest rate. Oftentimes you're going to have a, a different length of time, right? A different term once that refinance is complete. And so first let's talk about the why. Let's go over some of the sort of overarching guiding principles of why you might want to refinance. And Joel, we kind of touched on this a second ago, but oftentimes folks refinance in order to lower their monthly mortgage payment. So by lowering your rate, you can potentially lower your monthly payments and give yourself a little more financial breathing room, just a little bit more margin in your life. But that being said, that is not our favorite reason to actually refinance. Yeah, the best reason to consider doing a refinance on your house is to save money on overall interest paid over the life of your loan. This is the even more important reason to consider a refi. It's going to have a bigger overall impact on your finances. 
Yeah, Joe, both of those are good reasons, right, to refinance. But the idea of sort of stepping back and looking at the total cost, the total amount that you're going to pay for financing your home, the idea there is to be able to step back a little bit and to not just focus on making payments, not just seeing how much house you can afford month to month. It's essentially more of a holistic sort of bird's eye view of your overall finances. Yeah, I mean, just like we would recommend when someone's buying a car, well, you don't want to finance it over seven years. Sure, it's going to give you a lower monthly payment, but that's not the biggest thing you want to take into consideration. In the United States of America, we've kind of become payment buyers. And if we're only considering the actual outgoing number every month and not that holistic overall picture, it's going to lead us to make some poor decisions. So just like with buying that car, you don't want to refinance your house just to get a lower monthly payment, although that could be a nice side benefit. And Joel, you know what? To refinance, it costs money, right? And it costs a lot of money. Because it does cost so much, there are a number of things that you want to consider. One of the things you want to consider is how long you'll actually own that home. If you think you might only be there for another, say, year or two, it's probably a bad idea for you. It's not going to make a whole lot of sense because you'll never make up that money that you spent on those closing costs in the amount of money that you're going to be able to save every single month. But then maybe on the other end of the spectrum, let's say you're going to be there for, like, say, at least 10 years. Well, for you it's likely going to be a pretty good move, right? It's, it's not a matter of if you'll be able to earn that money back, but just when. Yeah, a good rule of thumb is a 30-month rule. So if you run the numbers and you will break even, and because of the savings of your new loan and lower interest rate, you'll break even versus the cost you incurred in order to make this refi happen, well, then likely it's a good idea for you to do the refi. It's so incredibly rare for someone to stay in their house for an entire 30-year mortgage term, right? That, that almost never happens. And so really, it comes down to how long you're planning on being in the house. Obviously, things can happen and life doesn't always work out the way we think it's going to. But it's important for you to assess, how long do I think I will be in this home? And if you think you will be in the home for quite a while and the math works out in regard to that 30-month break-even point, well, then refinancing can make a whole lot of sense. So next, we're going to cover some of the specific considerations that you want to keep in mind as you are deciding whether or not you should refinance. We're going to get to those right after the break. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach. Do. Every single summer, we've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, 
You already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, Matt, we're going to get to some of those specific factors that are really helpful as you are working through whether or not you should be refinancing. And honestly, it's a question on so many people's minds because mortgage rates are near all-time lows again, and they've really plummeted over the last year. And I feel like as we're asking ourselves this question, should we be refinancing? This is an instance where analysis paralysis can keep you from taking advantage of uber low rates. The bottom line is that nobody knows where rates are going, but they're currently incredibly low. So right now is a specific time where a lot of people should be considering refinancing. So is now the right time? Well, it could be. And Matt, let's talk about the specific factors that will help you determine whether or not it's the right time for you. Yeah, man. Well, first I wanted to address if someone is listening to this episode and they happen to be listening, say six months later, and you're thinking, dang it, like I totally missed the train on refinancing. Well, there's two things that you can do. First, you can look at a graph and you can see where rates currently are as you are listening to this episode. And you can probably zoom out a little bit and look at the past couple of years and see rates are still historically low. You know, we are still in a great spot. Yeah, uh, even if they're not the lowest they've ever been. Exactly. They can still be really good. Yeah. And secondly, we would recommend that you look at the mortgage rate that you currently have right now, because it doesn't really matter if rates were historically low and you kind of missed that boat. If the current market rates are significantly lower than the rate that you currently have, then you should still really consider a refinance. You're going to want to dig a little bit deeper, specifically into your own finances. 
All right, so let's talk about those specific things, Matt, that people should be considering before they decide to actually get going and make a refi happen. Even though mortgage rates are insanely low, that doesn't mean that it's a no-brainer for you to refinance. Before you actually do it, here are the main factors you need to consider to know whether you're a good candidate or not. The first thing is to know your credit score. To qualify for the lowest of mortgage rates, you're going to need a really solid credit score. And that means typically in the range of 720 to 740. If you're above 720, in all likelihood with most lenders, you're going to get the best rate that they offer. Some lenders might have a threshold of 740. But if you're in that range, you know that you'll be able to get a really good rate. And if you don't know what your credit score is, well, we've talked about multiple resources for you to go check that out. Your current credit card company might offer that every month. If not, creditscorecard.com is a great tool. And so is Credit Karma. Basically, if refinancing is on your radar, you need to know your credit score because that is going to have a huge impact on whether or not it's going to make sense for you. Yeah, Joel, the, you know, the size of that impact is going to depend on a lot of different things. But for instance, it, let's just say you had a 100 point drop in your credit score from 740, maybe down to 640. That score is going to cost you anywhere between like 60 and 80 bucks a month on a median home in the US. And that doesn't sound like much, right? You think 60 bucks, that's not that big of a deal. But over the course of the loan, that's over $25,000 that you're going to be paying just for having a credit score that got busted up a little bit before you refinanced. All right, another factor that you want to keep in mind when you are considering if you're a good candidate for a refinance, or if your house actually is a good candidate to be refinanced, right, is equity. And real quick, equity is just the market value of your home, less the amount that you owe on it. And if you have less than 20% equity in your home, a conventional loan refinance is likely not going to be possible for you. And so if you don't have enough equity, bringing cash to the closing table can actually help you to get a conventional loan. Well, it's not impossible, but you're going to be paying private mortgage insurance, right? PMI, which is a P-I-T-A. <laughs> so many abbreviations on this episode, right? <laughs> so keep in mind though, that if you don't have enough equity, you can bring cash to the closing table and that can help you to get a conventional loan at a great rate without PMI. Another, but maybe similar scenario is if the, the value of your home has gone up since you purchased it. Well, guess what? If you didn't have enough equity initially when you purchased it, but the value of your home has gone up, well, in that case, you don't have to come to the table with additional funds. All right. Another thing you're going to need to know in advance of pulling the trigger on a refinance is your DTI ratio. That's debt to income. Knowing your debt to income ratio is a crucial factor in qualifying for a loan. Lenders aren't going to look at you if you have a debt to income ratio of more than 43%. And your debt to income ratio, you can find that out by dividing your monthly debt payments by your gross monthly income. That number is the way that lenders measure your ability to be able to repay your loan. So the lower your debt to income ratio is, the more favorable you look, which means they're happy to lend you money. Yeah, you know, calculating your debt to income ratio, that's not tricky math, right? You're just kind of making a calculation. But you do want to make sure that you are getting accurate numbers in there. And so when you are calculating your debt payments, you want to calculate everything. We're talking student loans, credit card debt, uh, car payment, any debt that you owe, any payment that you have, that needs to go into your total debt number in order for you to get an accurate debt to income ratio. All right, Matt, now let's get into some of the specific good reasons to refinance. We talked about the big picture that it's helpful to lower your monthly payments. It's even more helpful to save in overall interest paid over the years. But additionally, let's say you're in an ARM, an adjustable rate mortgage. Well, considering we just talked about the fact that we're at historic low rates, the likelihood of your interest rate going up on your adjustable rate mortgage 
is decently high because as rates fluctuate, ultimately over the years, they are barring something catastrophic going to rise. So getting out of an arm, getting out of an adjustable rate mortgage and into a fixed term makes a whole lot of sense for a lot of folks, especially if you're going to be in the house for quite a while. All right. Another good potential reason to get a refi is if you can knock out some PMI. If you're able to get rid of private mortgage insurance while at the same time securing a lower rate, so that would end up saving you you know, twofold in the long run, then you definitely want to consider PMI. On a typical $200,000 home, you could be paying anywhere between 100 to 200 bucks a month in PMI until you get enough equity in the home to where you no longer have to pay that. Yeah, Matt, your lender has to stop charging you for PMI once you hit a 78% loan to value ratio. But that is based on the initial appraisal price of the home. And if your home has gone up in value a good bit, you could still be waiting a long time for PMI to naturally drop off so that you're not charged for it anymore. And, and that can be $150, $200 a month. And by refinancing, getting a lower rate and knocking out PMI at the same time, that can save you hundreds of dollars every month while paying less interest over the life of the loan. That can be just a win-win for folks in a PMI situation where they have seen a good bit of equity growth. You know, refinancing your home to knock out PMI, refinance your home to get out of an arm. Those are both great reasons to refinance. Now let's talk about a reason that might be a good reason to refinance. And that is if you're going to do a cash out refi. That is when you basically refinance, but you remove equity from the home. Yeah, it's basically like saying, give me some cash in my palm while I'm doing this refi. So I'll take that lower interest rate and some cash in my pocket at the same time. Yep. Like we said, that might be a good idea, but you will pay a higher rate. Oftentimes you're going to pay an eighth or a quarter of a point higher if you go with that cash out. And this is only ever going to be a good idea if you're going to use that money in a positive way. So basically, if you're investing it. That could be if you're investing in yourself, right? So like higher education or more traditionally in a, in a rental property or in another business. In any case, you're taking this money and you're looking to grow it more than it would grow if it was just sitting there tied up in your house. I actually did a cash out refi uh, on a property that we owned in order to take that money and we use that as a down payment on another house that we were buying. So we ended up renovating that house. We essentially flipped it, sold it, and man, we made a good bit of money that year. In that specific instance, you know, it was a smart move for us, but you've got to be really, really careful. Honestly, like even looking back, I'm not sure if I would do that again. Yeah. And I'm considering doing a cash out refinance right now in order to build the accessory dwelling unit in my backyard. Matt, we've talked about that. So I'm, I'm just kind of in the middle of thinking through, is it a good idea or not? And based on the hard numbers, I think it is for me, I still hesitate at going the cash out refi route. So cash out refis can be a good idea for seasoned investors who know what they're doing. But I would be very, very careful before taking that route. And it's definitely not a good idea to go the cash out refi direction if you're pulling that money out to consume it. If you're planning on taking a vacation or something like that, or buying a boat, with, <laughs> let's say you're doing that. Like that, those well, definitely not a boat, right? Like maybe a Tesla, right? Like that sounds like a lot more fun to me than a boat. Well, at least that's going to save you a little on electricity every month, right? But always cash out refis are a total no if you're looking to add to your consumption or inflate your lifestyle by doing so. Okay, so those are some different reasons why folks refi. You know, this is called how to money. So we're going to talk about now how to refinance. And we're going to get to that right after the break.
When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach. Do. Every single summer, we've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance. 
insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, Matt, we've talked a lot about refinancing, but we haven't really covered how to do it yet. So let's get into that. If you feel like you're a good candidate based on the things that we've covered, the biggest key to saving money when you are refinancing is to shop with multiple lenders. Oftentimes we shop a lot for the home. We go into 15 or 20 homes before we make an offer, but we shop very little for financing. Lots of times people go with the lender that their real estate agent recommends without shopping the market. Online lenders can be a great option. Quicken Loans is a great place to check. Their Rocket Mortgage product has done well in customer satisfaction surveys. Credible has a new online mortgage shopping tool that's really, really good. Costco has a mortgage program that shops rates with multiple lenders. I knew you're going to try to find a way to slide Costco in there. <laughs> I always do, man. I go there to buy my favorite Kirkland Signature branded products. And then, you know what? I also shop for mortgages with them. Yeah, I'd like to sign up for that Kirkland Signature Premium Refinance, please. Oh, man. <laughs> if only the company that did your refi was Costco under the Kirkland Signature label, that'd be amazing. Uh, another great place to go when you're looking to refinance is to check local credit unions. Credit unions oftentimes have the lowest overall rates in the market. Another place to go is to contact a mortgage broker who shops rates with a lot of different lenders. Basically, there are a lot of potential good places to go to look for rates. Just don't be one of those people that decides to do a refinance and doesn't shop for the best one for them. Yeah, man. It's all about that due diligence, right? And, and also, don't just look at the headline rates. Like, you Don't just go to the website and see whatever rate that they're advertising on the homepage. You want to factor in all the different costs, uh, and you can see those on your loan estimate to give you sort of that apples to apples comparison. Lenders are actually required to give you those estimates within three business days after you apply with them. And those costs are going to be on that loan estimate. They're going to be itemized. It's going to be nice. And because you've shopped around, it's going to be really easy for you to compare one of those loan estimates to the two other ones because you're going to have at least three loan estimates there, right? Yeah. Or, right? Maybe, or maybe five <laughs> loan estimates. I, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, you definitely want to make sure you're getting quotes. You're getting those loan estimates in hand from a lot of different lenders. That's going to be the biggest way you end up saving money in the refi process. And Joel, you know, I think a lot of folks would hear us say that and they're going to freak out because they're going to think, what's going to happen to my credit score? It's going to plummet when I fill out all of those applications. Yeah, all those inquiries, they're going to lower my score in a big way, right? Well, they do a little bit, but not nearly as much if you make those inquiries, if you apply for that refinance within a short period of time, within a week or two. All those separate hard pulls against your credit essentially kind of get lumped together as one. So when the time comes and you're shopping for that refi, man, just go about the business of knocking all those out. Because A, you do want a bunch of them to be able to compare. But B, you also want to make sure that you're not damaging your credit. Yeah, Matt. And folks should just know that typical closing costs for a refinance are 2 to 4% of the overall loan value. So it costs a good bit of money to do a refi, which is why we mentioned earlier on in the episode that 30-month break-even point. If you're refinancing your home and your total loan amount is $150,000, well, you can expect like $4,000, $4,500 in, in closing costs. So you want to make sure that it's worth it. Yeah, you know, the loan amount that you're refinancing, like that has a pretty large impact on those closing costs. But there are a lot of different variables to, to keep in mind. And because of that, it makes it difficult to sort of have a rule of thumb. You know, lowering your rate by 1%, like that sounds pretty great but refinancing still might not be worth it for you. 
There just are so many different individual factors at play when determining if a refi is the right move for you. Like you've got to look at the bank costs, title costs, there's different third-party costs. Some of those things you can shop for, but others you can't. Just don't be afraid to actually negotiate on some of the different items that you do have control over. Yeah, once you have those loan estimates in hand, you can always go back to a potential lender and ask if there's any wiggle room to pay less. Matt, the last mortgage I got, there was one lender I felt a little more comfortable with, but the overall costs I was going to incur by going with them were more than another lender. So I just showed them my other loan estimate. I asked if they could match it. They did some work and they actually ended up beating it. Nice, man. Yeah. So don't be afraid to negotiate. Don't be afraid to ask the question to see if that lender can do better than their initial offering. Yeah. Negotiating closing costs on a refi, like that is an instance where it is perfectly acceptable to show up at the table. You've got other numbers to compare to and, and you ask basically, like, can you beat this, right? There's other instances where you shouldn't negotiate. Like the price of your dinner. <laughs> yeah. But this is not one of those. And another tool that can be helpful in this whole process is an online mortgage refi calculator. It can help you analyze the numbers and the costs. You might be going back to that over and over as you consider different loan terms and interest rates. The ultimate sweet spot for refinancing is lowering your rate and lessening your term at the same time. So let's say you originally got a 30-year mortgage. You've been in that home for eight years. You've got 22 years left on it and your interest rate is four and a half. Well, the sweet spot for you is to go into a 15 or 20-year mortgage, lower your interest rate by hopefully over a point, and at the same time, lower your overall remaining years left on that mortgage. Not everybody can hit that sweet spot, but that is an ideal circumstance. So make sure you at least consider lessening your term as part of refinancing. Yeah. And the, you know, the whole idea behind lessening that term, shortening the number of years you have left paying that mortgage, it's not just a numbers game, but there's also that mental and psychological element to it. If you're a total nerd and you're all about the numbers, you might argue that like, no, I want to have a 30 year term and I want to get that rate as low as possible. I'm going to invest that money. And while that might work for some, I think for a lot of other folks, there is going to be a greater benefit from not having a mortgage altogether because they've refinanced to that shorter term. And that's no longer a debt. That's no longer a payment that they have every month that is hanging over their heads. Man, personally, I'm not anywhere close <laughs> to having a mortgage paid off on any of my properties, but I look forward to it knowing that one day that's just one of those huge outgoing payments that I'm no longer going to have to pay just to have that burden lifted off of me. You know what I'm saying? Ah, what a sweet feeling that would be, right? Yeah. Yeah. But by the way, on that mortgage refi calculator, we will link to one of our favorites in the show notes on our website. And also on our website, we're going to have a picture of the beer that we're enjoying right now. Joel, you want to take us back to the beer? Oh, yeah. Nice transition, Matthew. <laughs> okay, yeah. So today on the show, we drank a beer called Old Tuffy by New Belgium Brewing. And that's a beer that New Belgium specifically brewed for NC State. And listener Maggie is a professor there. And so she sent this one our way. Big thanks to Maggie. Dude, I don't always drink lagers, Matt. But when I do... I'm going to drink Tuffy Lager. Name that beer commercial that I just stole a line from. <laughs> oh, I know the commercial. I just wasn't going to talk about a, a Mexican style beer because I, I personally feel that those are pretty terrible. <laughs> There's a couple good ones. Yeah. I like Negro Modelo a lot. That's it's got, a, yeah. A little more flavor going on there. Yeah. But I feel like when it comes to a lager for me, I what I really enjoy about a lager is that they're so clean and refreshing, right? And specific to this beer, that's what I like so much about it is that it's just really clean. Sometimes with lagers, you can kind of get those off-putting, maybe like some metallic flavors or there's like a skunkiness to it. Man, that was not the case with this one. It was so good. I feel like in my mind, like the essence of beer is a lager. You know, like if there's one beer that had to be qualified, like which one beer exists that you would call pure beer? Like it's got to be a lager, you know? Yeah. I guess when you boil it down, the essence of a beer, yeah, probably is 
just a super clean, crisp, refreshing lager. Yeah, yeah. And this was that. It really was so much better than a macro beer lager. I would say it's perfect for an NC State basketball <laughs> or football game. Perfect for game day, right? Exactly. Yeah, it was like hams. Have you ever had a hams before? Yeah, I have. That's like the old school vintage. It's kind of like an old school one, but it's really good. It's like a hams, but way better. <laughs> yes, most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah, so thanks to Maggie for sending this one our way. It was really enjoyable to drink on the show. And, and honestly, it's not the style that... I gravitate to most often, but it's so nice to have a really good one. And most folks out there that are only drinking Bud or Miller, like they just haven't had a good lager in their life yet. So yeah, they need to check out something like this brewed by a quality craft brewer. Man, we don't drink a lot of lagers, but personally, the more good lagers I drink, I, I also realize that, that I've never really had a great lager in the course of my beer drinking years. And so it's a lot of fun to switch it up. So again, thanks Maggie so much for uh, donating this beer to the show. All right, Matt, let's get to our final thoughts for this episode. When we're talking about why you should consider refinancing, well, the best reason to consider it is to save money in the overall interest that you're going to pay over the life of the loan. If you're going to be able to do that, then there's a good chance refinancing makes a lot of sense for you. But before you really know if you're in a financial position to refinance, there are some individual considerations that you need to take into account. Your credit score. You want to make sure that you've got 720 or higher to get the best rate. And also the amount of equity that you have in your house. You want to make sure that you have at least 20% or more in order to qualify for a solid conventional loan without PMI. Yeah. And don't forget to shop with multiple lenders. You can shop with online lenders, local lenders, even Costco, right? But the key is to apply and get loan estimates from a handful so that you can make the apples to apples comparison and choose the best lender that's going to save you the most money. I guess it doesn't have to be an apples to apples comparison. It can be like a, a logger to logger comparison. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I think that's going to be it for this episode. As always, you can find our show notes up on our website at howtomoney.com. Yeah. And if this is your first episode or you're new to the show, well, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that you're notified of new episodes when they come out. All right, buddy. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... <laughs> Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 